Hey everyone, it's Father Pat, here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Our readings for today are from the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses said to the people, If only you would heed the voice of the Lord your God and keep his commandments and statutes that are written in this book of the law, when you return to the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. For this command that I enjoin on you today is not too mysterious and remote for you. It is not up in the sky that you should say, who will go up in the sky to get it for us and tell us of it, that we may carry it out. Nor is it across the sea that you should say, who will cross the sea to get it for us and tell us of it, that we may carry it out. No, it is something very near to you, already in your mouths and in your hearts. You have only to carry it out. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response, turn to the Lord in your need and you will live. Turn to the Lord in your need and you will live. I pray to you, O Lord, for the time of your favor, O God. In your great kindness, answer me with your constant help. Answer me, O Lord, for bounteous is your kindness. In your great mercy, turn toward me. Turn to the Lord in your need, and you will live. I am afflicted and in pain. Let your saving help, O God, protect me. I will praise the name of God in song, and I will glorify him with thanksgiving. Turn to the Lord in your need, and you will live. See, you lowly ones, and be glad. You who seek God, may your hearts revive. For the Lord hears the poor, and his own who are in bonds, he spurns not. Turn to the Lord in your need, and you will live. For God will save Zion and rebuild the cities of Judah. The descendants of his servants shall inherit it, and those who love his name shall inhabit it. Turn to the Lord in your need, and you will live. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. Christ Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him were created all things in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he himself might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile all things for him, making peace by the blood of his cross, through him, whether those on earth or those in heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. There was a scholar of the law who stood up to test Jesus and said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? He said in reply, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He replied to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But because he wished to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man fell victim to robbers as he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. They stripped him and beat him and went off leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that road, but when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. 
Likewise, a Levite came to the place, and when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. But a Samaritan traveler who came upon him was moved with compassion at the sight. He approached the victim, poured oil and wine over his wounds, and bandaged them. Then he lifted him up on his own animal, took him to an inn, and cared for him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper with the instruction, Take care of him. If you spend more than what I have given you, I shall repay you on my way back. Which of these three, in your opinion, was neighbor to the robber's victim? He answered, The one who treated him with mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. When we think of the worldwide impact of COVID-19, we first think in terms of death, over 6.3 million casualties worldwide. Then we think of the economic impact on the travel industry, the supply chain, and our newfound appreciation for toilet paper. But these are the short-term effects, hopefully soon seen only in our rearview mirrors. The saddest part for me is thinking of the long-term foundational changes it has caused. And there's no image more heartbreaking to me than children walking around with masks on. Medical and psychological professionals have long held that the early years of development are hugely impactful on the, on the life and personality of a human person. What a mask communicates to me is simple. That person over there is a potential threat to me. They may cause me to get sick or to die. They are a danger to my family and to those whom I love. They are the enemy. I'm not in any way entering into the arguments for or against masking. That's not my field of expertise. All I'm saying is this. We have an entire generation who has been unintentionally programmed to see every other person as bad. And in fact, to see themselves in just the same way. I can't think of anything more tragic. Today's readings give me some comfort in that they show that every generation struggles with believing in the essential goodness of every human person. The first reading is from the ending chapters of the book of Deuteronomy, where Moses summarizes the law of Sinai to the Israelites as they prepare to enter the Promised Land. After laying out the law, which takes him a long time, the law is very detailed and intricate, Moses senses that the people are a bit overwhelmed by it. After he tells them to follow the law and to love God with every ounce of their being, he says to them, For this command that I enjoin on you today is not too mysterious and remote for you. It's not up in the sky that you should say who will go up in the sky to get it for us and tell us of it. Nor is it across the sea that you should say who will cross the sea to get it for us and tell us of it we may carry it out. No, it's something very near to you, already in your mouths and in your hearts. You have only to carry it out. The people see what God asks of them to be beyond their reach, too much to expect of them. They're weak and sinful, and they've proven that time and time again. How can they be expected to follow a law that demands perfection and, 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 and somehow through that inspire the rest of the world to join them? The scholar of the law, the question is Jesus. And the gospel subtly presents another common human flaw when he asks, Teacher, what must, my, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, in human terms, an inheritance is something that one person generally receives from another, uh, receives from another person because of, of blood ties, you know, uh, a rightful heir, as a rightful heir to the deceased. But based on that, some deserve or get better than others because of their family heritage. And so this educated and observant Jew, one of the chosen people, asks how he can be sure to get what he is owed 
in contrast to those who will never inherit the same, right? He's a Jew, but the Gentiles, right, they, they wouldn't really share in that inheritance. After precisely quoting the law, making him even more deserving in his own estimation, the scholar provides Jesus with a perfect opportunity with the question, and who is my neighbor? Jesus answers with a heart-wrenching story familiar to all of us. But Jesus' answer to the man is more than a feel-good story. It was shocking. Because Jesus responds in summary, who is your neighbor? A Samaritan man. That's your neighbor. The man thinks to himself, what? Impossible. The Samaritans are enemies of the Jews. They don't observe the law of Moses. They, they betrayed us centuries ago when the Assyrians sent uh, our people into exile and, and, they made, and, and the Samaritans made friends with our attackers and, and took our land. I wouldn't get anywhere near a Samaritan. See, Samaritans were the COVID patients of the first century. Stay far away. But in this story, it's the Samaritan that saves a Jewish life. He follows the law even more perfectly than the priest and the Levite who claim to do so. Sadly, things haven't changed much in 2,000 years. On my recent mission trip, I met a doctor native to the poor country I visited. But through God's grace and the kindness of others, he was able to get an excellent foreign education. He could have chosen to uh, stay in the country that he was educated in or move to a wealthier country to live a privileged life. He had the education behind him. And uh, his, his own nation is a third world nation. But instead, this doctor returned to his country to help the people there. Some time ago, he was leaving a store when an attacker shot him twice, leaving him to bleed to death in the street. The man called, to death for, uh, called out for help, and one after another, passersby ignored his pleas. He realized then that while he thought he was admired and loved because of his career and the sacrifice he had made for his country. Many people resented him for it. Providentially, somebody finally came to the doctor's aid and got him to a local hospital. But the doctors there told him they didn't know if he would ever practice medicine again. Once again, friends from far away learned of the tragedy, and he was sent to the United States for care. After surgeries and many months of rehab, the doctor made a full recovery. And where is he? He's now back in his country, <laughs> serving the very people who left him in the street to die. How can we hope for better? St. Paul responds by quoting an ancient Christian hymn. Christ Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him were created all things, in heaven and on earth. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that in all things he himself might be preeminent, making peace by the blood of his cross through him, whether those on earth or those in heaven. Through the blood of his cross, he becomes preeminent in all things, the firstborn of the dead. When the Lord lives in us, when his blood flows through us, we love as he loves. And who does he love? Who is his neighbor? The leper, the demoniac, the tax collector, the sinful woman, the Samaritan woman at the well. I was listening to talk radio the other day while driving. I still can't listen to music, as I explained in one of my previous homilies. The person being interviewed on the radio made mention of a, a re recent Netflix documentary titled 
The Social Dilemma, which explored the phenomenon and the psychology behind the spread of social media. Various social media experts and former executives of uh, those companies were interviewed, expressing concerns regarding the outrage, anger, and division stoked by applications that many thought were designed to bring people closer together. The former president of Pinterest, when asked what his greatest fear among the potential impacts of social media was, responded, civil war. Civil war. Social media, though, is just the devil's latest tool. He's been dividing men and women from their neighbors since, since Cain and Abel. If there's anyone who knows the power of technology better than Mark Zuckerberg, it's Satan. There's nothing he loves more than to see us destroying ourselves. But it's not impossible for us to defeat him. In fact, Jesus already has. We just need to be willing to get bloody to see the neighbor behind every mask, even those who you usually see as your enemy. For nothing is impossible for the God who lives in you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a great day.